Welcome to Today in Random. I am Gemma, that is Angelica. Today we will be talking about the season finale of Killing Eve series 3, episode 8, called... Um, are you leading or am I? That was great. Not rehearsed at all. So, what did you think of the episode? I liked it. We discussed, we did enjoy it. Despite the fact that the season as a whole we were iffy about. Mm. Uh, the finale didn't save the season in my opinion but it was a good episode I didn't mind re-watching it mm-hmm. because I did mind re-watching the others because I haven't rewatched the others <laughs> but I did re-watch this one and I was somewhat enthralled by it but we'll, we'll discuss more I feel like the episode was good but it wasn't great i really really enjoyed it like so much i was running up to luwash oh my god it was such a good episode (laughs) i was yeah i really loved it i loved that it felt like old killing eve i guess i see i'm confused because i'm like did i like it because the rest of the season wasn't so great or did i like it because it was actually good Mm. i think it was actually good but was it better because the rest of the season wasn't good or was it just good who knows i just remember really enjoying it and really noticing little things in the second when i watched it again which i didn't have for like the other episodes true Um, uh not that i would want to watch them again to be honest no uh but i i really really enjoyed this episode episode well let's divulge shall we yes what did you think of this opening i when i rethink about it it's random Mm. because we did just learn i think in the previous episode or the episode before that the reason that carolyn went to villanelle in the first season when she was in that russian prison was to ask her to work for her Mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden the next episode all villanelle's all of a sudden wants to work for MI6 despite not having any interest in that at all. Mm. I Visually, great. I loved seeing the two of them standing side by side at the Royal Albert Hall. Very majestic, looking mm. great. But I just thought it was random. And it... not. I just thought it was Villanelle trying to make sense of what to do next like oh this is this maybe this is something i could do she she said she wants to do spy stuff she doesn't understand what it is that mi mi6 does so she just thought maybe this is something she could do but the reality is it's carolyn knows what she's good for and what Mm. that is killing people she says it herself she says well you want to work for us you want to kill for us Mm -hmm. they don't see that she's more than just a killer and Villanelle didn't really think it through, which was interesting. It's like she almost just, she's kind of floating aimlessly right now. She's not really tethered to much. But I've got an interesting fact. So I wondered why Carolyn specifically mentioned the music. Right. She said this is Marla's 10th. And so I read up on the Marla's 10th. Me too. <laughs> I thought it was so cool. So this was Marla's uh, last completed work. It and wasn't complete though, he didn't finish it. No, before he died, right? 
Yeah, so I think you wrote the majority of it. Um, but yeah, but I was reading what like other like reviewers said about the piece, and one quote I got, it's described as love of Earth, living in peace before death comes, and that's by Alban Berg. And then in Letting Go, we have gained everything, reinforcing it reinforces that Villanelle wants to find her final resting place and right. not sure where that is. I just thought that whole with the music, because I was thinking about the music because yep. before researching on it and I was like, OK, I don't know if I like it or not, because mm. it was nice and warm. And then at times it was like, this is kind of disturbing. I don't know if I like it, but I think that's what it is, is that. It sounds welcoming, but it's kind of scary because it's that final kind of calling to death or final place. That whole thing, the whole sense of that episode, uh, that scene was Villanelle trying to find her space, her resting place, and not knowing where she belongs. Yeah, she does. She doesn't. Her heart's not in this. She just was like, "Oh, I had this opportunity a few years ago. Let me just see if it pans out." Mm. And it didn't. She was quite brutal, well, blunt. Carolyn, she was very as, blunt. As she normally is, she was just blunt and said, well, what else are you good for, really? Yeah. She also, Carolyn also tries to get information from her because she asks who killed Mo and mm. and Villanelle had no idea what she was talking about. So yep. Villanelle for Carolyn is someone who she doesn't take too seriously only for information she sees her as this killing machine and nothing more Mm. which has been kind of the the theme with a lot of people with Villanelle with Dasha having the same thoughts and this is they're all they all see her for what she can do but not who she is yeah which is how Villanelle and Eve sort of well Villanelle is just dehumanized yeah. She is a machine and she does a certain job and that's all she's been viewed as. Ironically, this is the season where she's been humanised. Totally, like, so much more relatable. Because mm. that yeah. seems kind of heartbreaking when she was rejected and you saw that rejection in her face. Mm. And I was like, oh, no one's ever really said no to you, have they? But the next scene is at the hospital. We are still in Scotland. We've got Constantine being tended to by a nurse. He wants to leave, but she says no, essentially. But he does that thing that they do in all of the movies where he just takes out all of his Just stuff. rips it out like, it's all fine. <laughs> I'm out of here, sister. And then he's oh. fully clothed and he goes to see Dasha. And what did you think of this conversation? I thought it was so funny because they sounded like two parents arguing about their child. Uh, Yeah, that's exactly what I thought as well. And it's always like, well, you didn't take care of her properly. Well, neither did you. And it's that, like, typical... Divorced parent situation where one parent was blaming the other for... Well, in this case, it was for making her soft, is what Dasha Mm -hmm. was saying about Constantine. And, you know, Constantine trying to justify, well, no, there's a certain way to handle her and to manage her. And yeah, that typical conversation. Um, mm. And then essentially what it leads to is Dasha getting deaded. 
Yeah. But I wonder, is she actually dead? Because I don't, don't really want to kill people has... off this season. No, no one seems to die if you're over 40 and are white. Is what I learned. It's so true. Poor Mo. Oh, Mo. Mo. Mo money, mo problems. No, that doesn't work. Um, but, yeah, that whole conversation was... We learned a lot, but we learned... Nothing. It, nothing. Because she talks about how she tried to kill Villanelle back in the day. They don't explore that. She talks about wanting her son with her and how she wants to go back to Russia. And it pretty much shit on our theory that she was doing all of this to just get mm-hmm. back at Villanelle it was actually because she wanted to go back to Russia that's it but then it just further sort of showed me that her character was very pointless like much mm-hmm. of the new characters this season I'll talk about that more but yeah she seemingly dies and Constantine just walks off like that whole scene happened and I'm I was thinking why is no doctor or nurse around? <laughs> yeah, like, they just, no one cared. No, like, this man no, just pulls no. out all these needles, unhooks yeah. himself, and goes over to another bed, and nobody they're sees very, anything. They're very busy. They're well, very... yeah, I'm sure they, that is a true thing. Hospitals are very busy. Yeah, particularly now, but yes, they are very, you know, they didn't care about these Russian folk in this room <laughs> oh dear so yeah dash is dead supposedly and now the next scene is the big scene it is the dance scene i was surprised that this happened so quickly that they were mm. going to meet up again yeah because they'd been essentially four episodes where they hadn't seen each other because it was episode three where they had the bus scene and then they saw each other briefly at the end of season episode four uh episode seven mm-hmm. on the train Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden they're just like texting, come to this uh, dance Yeah, room. and that meet was so... Casual. Casual, like, oh, hi. Like, well, they're meeting for coffee. Like, yeah. Hi, how are you? It's this, nice. Chilling. Hi. It's all right. I um, mean, I guess a lot had happened within those four episodes. Villanelle went to her motherland and killed her mother. Yeah. And then Eve thought she lost her husband. So a lot did happen, but... Yeah, it just feels like they're both tired, isn't it? Like <laughs> I felt it. I felt their tiredness. <laughs> they're very tired. So like there was no they're... room for game playing or no shit. No time for pleasantries. Just let's just get to it. <laughs> let me let me walk in while you're having some sort of existential crisis with an L. Okay, cool. But it's interesting that Eve notices it straight away. She can see that there's something yeah. very wrong and different about Villanelle because she's very spaced mm-hmm. she's looking around at all the people dancing and you can see it in Eve's eyes that it's not she's worried something's different yeah because yeah. Um, Villanelle talks about oh this is the uh, the first place I killed somebody and it's like that kind of reminiscing of oh this is how my life has been she gets and very nostalgic isn't it she does yeah I was like, oh, okay. It's almost like someone kind of on their... I had this whole sense of death this episode. It's like someone on their deathbed recounting their life and, oh, this is the first time I did that and this is how my life's turned out. And then she talks about, you know, should I have been an interior designer? Like, 
what would have happened what her life would have been like had she not been a killer yeah something i have to mention her suit was stunning oh man we could talk so much about all of her outfits but this this episode in particular i was really when i only noticed it the second time around the first time i was like oh my god beautiful but the second time i noticed the suit in itself matched all the colors of the ballroom like exactly and is it because like, she wants to blend into it or because but it was such a stark you know co- contrast between blending in and standing out at the same time um because the same thing happens as you know when she wears that yellow coat mm. and that scene where she's walking to the office and it has an eagle eyes view mm. and she literally just bl- blends into the concrete the yellow lines of the parking lines her hair yeah. masks the, the ground and it's like Although she stands out, she still blends in. It's almost like she's still a killer, whatever happens. She still blends in and and does her own thing. Yeah, it could also be like she still is unsure about where she wants to be. Like, does Mm. she want to blend in and be normal and live this sort of static lifestyle where these people are living, dancing around in this ballroom, very normal life? Mm. Or does she want to be this exaggerated out there outgoing disguise still killer like almost like she's she still doesn't even know so she, that, yeah. maybe that's reflective of that because remember like in season one her outfits were so out there with the pink big dress tutu. And the tutu dress and also tutu that dress. Big pink blouse and the skirt and the big chunky earrings mm. man she wears some sick clothes it i mean it does help that she can pull it off but yeah I think that makes sense. I think maybe that's what they were going for. She's like, she's, she's unsure of herself. She's un- yeah, because that was very apparent. Mm. She was thinking out loud a lot, particularly with Eve. She's and that's the that first time sense. we see Villanelle asking for another person's opinion because she's not really interested in what anyone else thinks. Mm. And True. I wonder if that's because you know I'll talk about you know the. Are you from Pinner episode? I wonder if killing off her mum freed up that space to allow someone else in. Could you say that maybe because Eve and Villanelle are so that so sort of on the same page right now that maybe she's just projecting that she because she sees Eve, maybe she sees a part of herself and she's just thinking out loud and seeing if Eve has the answer, maybe that's the answer that she wants. Hmm. Who knows? Who knows? But it was it was a really nice scene. I thought it was so tender between the it two. It was. But what not bothered me, but this is the one thing that always gets me about Eve is she constantly brings up Nico and she constantly brings up her the old part of her life that we all desperately think she needs to get rid of, but she's clinging on to for dear life. Yeah. Because she does mention, oh, Nico, Dasha, what did she say? Mm. Dasha. I know that Dasha Dad, killed him. Nico, yeah. Uh, and try to blame it on you. Mm-hmm. Like she brings it up, trying maybe to get a reaction, but Villanelle doesn't react at all. She doesn't care. It's, yeah, it's just, it, it really bothers me every time she brings up the fact that she's married or that she mm. was married. Anything about Nico, maybe just because I don't like Nico, but she's still grasping onto that part of her life, even though so we much were, has happened. We were saying that Nico is that last strand of her humanity. Mm. 
And I think that's what she's desperately trying to hold on to. Otherwise, what difference is there between her and Villanelle? I'm just waiting for that moment, whatever it is, that breaks her from it. Because mm. it's been three seasons. I thought it would have happened already, but clearly it's she's clinging on for dear life. Even though he's telling her to piss off. Yeah, literally. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh. take a hint, man. What did you think the significance of Eve taking the lead and asking Villanelle to dance? Mm. I guess that that's a first for Villanelle. She's always been the lead in her own life and in other people's lives. But she allowed Villanelle to take the lead. Um, she allowed Eve to take the lead. Oh, gosh. Mm. <laughs> um, I was waiting. <laughs> but um, it's that whole thing, like, it, it brings up the whole sense of power and control that people think that those in a submissive role actually have no power, but they actually have more power because they mm -hmm. are the ones giving you permission to to take it and to to lead with it. Yeah. So was it was it was it Villanelle allowing Eve to have that power, or was it Eve finally getting to that pay, place to show that she has the power? I mean, why couldn't it be both? That they were both at the like at that stage in their journeys that the timing was right and their positions were you know aligned for once. Yeah, I think that that makes sense, particularly in the last scene. But we'll mm -hmm. get to that. Yeah. yeah. But I wanted. I thought it was interesting because dancing this season. Well, I mean, it's it's shown up in the Mother Russia episode where mm. Villanelle was at her family's house and they were dancing and she was very uncomfortable and mm. we were uncomfortable but then <laughs> this episode it took a it took a little bit but once they finally got together and started moving it was the most serene and comfortable that she's been like they she seems to so calm down com comfortable with each other it was so yeah. nice I thought that was interesting. It it's... adds a different dimension to their relationship. It's not just about the cat and mouse chasing, exciting, you know, adrenaline thing. There's also some comfort in small doses, but mm. it, is, it is there. They do find some sanctuary with each other at times. It was also interesting because Villanelle talks about the people dancing around them and she says something like, oh, don't you want to be like that? And mm. then Eve, interestingly, says we would never make, make it, it that far. She refers to the two of them as, you know, a, a, a thing. She acknowledges that, and she mentions it at the end of the episode, that she sees her future and Villanelle is in it, no mm. matter how weird or unconventional that might be it was so tender when they were dancing together yeah i mean they've been dancing around each other for like the past two seasons and now they're finally dancing with each other oh wow that's so true there you go but yeah no she refers to the two of them that they'd never what did she say we'd never last that long we'd consume each other before it gets that far mm. which is so self-aware because I, that's that's what i meant about like they're both so enmeshed with each other they would destroy each other oh yeah 
Because I think as well, at the end of the day, they see each other for who they really are. Like, mm-hmm. there's no bullshitting. Mm-hmm. They can't pretend around each other. No, they can't. And that's probably what's most exciting and scary at the same time. Yeah, because they're both being so vulnerable with each other at this point. Mm. Like, they're being, it, what they're doing, they're dancing, they're talking. Their their conversation is very uh, deep and meaningful. And it's very intimate, sort mm. of meshed with the dancing. They're very close. They're sort mm-hmm. of, you know, they're closing their eyes. It's very, very intimate. Oh, when she when she gets sad and she like talks about when Villanelle talks about all the people she's killed, mm-hmm. and then Eve instead of like calling her out on it, she's just she's very empathetic. She's like, I know, and it's I think this is the most level playing field that they've been mm-hmm. like, throughout the whole series. I mean, every time they've had a conversation, to be fair, they've been very truthful with one another. But yeah. this is the most. This this isn't antagonistic like the other times. It's no, it's this fair. is just kind of lay all the cards out on the table, type of thing. Um, and I think that's what I found so exciting. It's like okay, we're getting to some real home truths now. Mm. And then we had Rianne just turn up and break them up. Yep, good old Rianne out of nowhere, waltzing in in her black outfit. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Yeah, Villanelle tells Eve to to leave, but she's protecting her. Mm. She gives her the, she gives her a piece of paper. We don't know what it is just yet, or do we know what it is? I mean, we know what it is, but do are we supposed to know what it is at this point? I don't know. I mean, we know that it's the thing from Constantine. Yeah, it's the. Because she took it from slip. his pocket. She basically she gives her the betting slip, tells her to leave. And then uh, we have another dance, but it's a different kind of dance. It's so uncomfortable. (laughs) It was horrible. It's it's Villanelle exerting her power by taking the lead herself, and she even dips her and Mm -hmm. antagonizing her. She's antagonizing her. Yeah, she's just, you know, back to the old Villanelle, just poking the bear. Yep. And then you wanted to talk about the train station. Yeah. So that train scene was really interesting because we got to see, you know, Villanelle, you know, before a kill again, Mm -hmm. which, you know, because recently her kills have just been a bit sloppy and she's not been into it. But then at this point, it's like she's getting, it's that whole psychopathic kind of reaction to people as she's getting giddy and she's jumping around. And I was like, something's going down. Something is going to happen. But then, then there's that bit that um, Rianne says about sheep and wolves and says, you are a sheep. And that just triggers Villanelle. Like, no, I don't want to blend into the background. I am I am the wolf in this situation. But this is the first time we see Villanelle apologize mm. before a kill. And you, you saw that, like you said, like her micro expressions are amazing because you saw that in her eyes. Like she was so conflicted. Like, should she do this? But she couldn't, she didn't have a choice. She kind of had to because she was, you know, insulted. Yeah. In her psychopathic brain, you know, she got, I mean, she wronged me. She has to die. Sure. There's a point as well where Rianne says that autonomy is overrated. And I wrote mm-hmm. that down because that's clearly something that Villanelle strives for. She mm-hmm. wants, she, like your sheep, she doesn't want to be a sheep. 
Nope. So clearly it triggered something in her that she had been going through throughout this whole season and that's what sort of triggered her into doing this kill because yeah she did hesitate a little bit but she knew it had to be done yeah and then there's that whole spartan kick yeah oh my god the only thing that bothered me about that was that why was there no people around i get that people got off and (laughs) yeah why was it it was busy people got on the train people got off the train and all of a sudden there was no one else it's like at the hospital it's like no one's around they just don't care the only thing i kept thinking i was like this is bank station that place is never dead the amount of time i've gone to bank and they've been squished up by people oh god time of day what did you think the significance of the conversation that they had about clothing was well that's the whole thing we were saying like Brianne was saying she needed to be comfortable and blend in and Villanen just had to stand out. She needed to look good while doing what, it, what she was doing. What did she say? I was trained to look devastating. Which she is. I thought that word was perfect for her. <laughs> devastating in every sense of the word. Oh, um, and like the mundaneness of a train station against her suit was just brilliant. Oh, man. Yeah. Really- I loved it. It's just her whole demeanour during that whole scene, the jumping up and down and... Yeah. But this also triggered, you know, remember with the ghost that Villanelle got very envious of because there was another killer who managed to get in there, do it silently. Yeah. Um, blend in in the background, do the kill and get out. Whereas Villanelle, yeah. she needs to go in, she needs to make a scene and yeah, sure that people know it's her. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is another one of that. Like, she is not going to blend in. She needs people to know who she is. Yeah. But I guess, I think, I wonder if it's because of her fear of getting lost. I, that makes sense, yeah. Because that's already happened to her. Yeah. She, got, she got put into that orphanage, you know. She, she needed to stand out. She needed to be seen. And if she's not seen, does she exist? It reminded me as well this fight of the fight that she had in Amsterdam when she was in the bathroom waiting in line and then a woman cuts in and then Mm -hmm. she kind of freaks out and then she's beating her up and she strangles her. It was very similar the way that she sort of held Mm -hmm. her up by the throat. The only difference was there was no Constantine to save her from killing someone that she technically shouldn't have. Yeah. But it's about being wronged. This person yeah. wronged her and she had to react. But these are all like self-defense mechanisms. Yeah. Any sort of um, move against her means death for her. Yeah. So she has to kill the other person off. And she did. Mm, yeah. I'm glad. I really didn't like Rianne. Bye-bye, Rianne. She was, uh, she was under 40. So she's dead for sure. And I like I was wondering, I was like, is that all her role is then? I I got so much to say about these random season three guest characters. stars. Yeah. They're just so pointless. I was like, I thought there was gonna be that there's gonna be a whole like arc for her. Like I didn't I didn't get it. Speaking of useless characters, the next scene was Carolyn and Geraldine. Oh man. <laughs> I, can't. As a, <laughs> I mean, what did you think of her 
process of uh, speaking about her feelings towards her mother. What, <laughs> what did you think about? It's such a therapeutic thing to do, like to advise your client. Maybe you should write a letter and read your letter to your mum. You know, it's definitely maybe she's seeing somebody, but it felt like, oh, OK, someone's given her some CBT homework to do. <laughs> and she's doing it. I love that Carolyn wrote nothing. She's like this. Uh, OK, so Geraldine. Please leave my house. <laughs> Empty page. And I love what Carolyn said. She was like, do you, do you want a round of applause? Like, what do you want me to do? And it kind of links to this whole thing we say, like, Geraldine's a bit performative yes. whenever she expresses her feelings. It's like yeah. inauthentic. I don't know if she is being inauthentic, but it just doesn't feel real to me. Yeah. I feel like her involvement in this season was really just a way to get Carolyn to see how she is as a parent and how mm. when she figures out towards the end with what happened to Kenny how her actions or how her work was a catalyst in having Kenny be killed mm. um, almost like Geraldine is there to hold up a mirror in front of Carolyn to see the error of her ways or how mm. she is as a parent and as a person but I thought it was so significant that empty notebook because we will never know what goes on in Carolyn's mind this is very and true a, and, a, and, a, and to be honest that is the purpose of her job that we don't know what she's planning or thinking I mean yeah because in the showdown bit with Paul towards the end you sort of realise we'll get into it a bit more but you realize what she wanted out of it and once she got it she was done mm -hmm. she's very one-track minded isn't she she is she's almost like she's got a tick list in her head but yeah, yeah because... i didn't uh, yeah geraldine really is grating on me <laughs> uh, Geraldine was a waste of space but you can see why she was brought in but it just felt like a waste particularly because with that actor I felt I like her but she I know, didn't I thought, really bring much I was like there, there, there could have been so much you could have done with Yara <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know they just made her into this like wet blanket whiny yeah kind of stupid naive and I the thought, whole... okay, she can't be this silly, but she is that silly. Unless yeah. this is a whole big plan where she's working for the Twelve. If she comes back next season, then clearly there, there was a plan for her. Mm. But if she doesn't come back, then it just seemed a bit whatless, in my opinion. Particularly with her having that weird thing with Constantine. I did not get that. I mean, it would all make sense if she is, like from a different sector working on this case overseeing carolyn but that's such a long so. shot yeah i think that would be the only way to save it but in reality i think she was just there to be this she annoying to humanize carolyn during this yeah. process but yeah. she wasn't you know yeah. it was interesting to see that that you know that conversation she has with Geraldine that where she had a special connection with Kenny, but her yeah. dad had a special connection with her because they were similar. And yeah. I quite like that because she was, you don't really, it, you sometimes feel like you're not allowed to say that as a parent. You know, if my mum said that to me, I would <laughs> be very upset. 
it's not allowed. It would break that. Sh- the glass would just shatter because I think kids do know who they can turn to. Oh, yeah. They really talk to. But once it's said, you can't turn back from that. It's that thing where when you're younger, you, you ask your parent, who, if you have siblings, who do you love more? You don't want that. A part of you wants them to say you, but the, the other part doesn't want them to say it's not you, if that makes sense. It's kind of, yeah. Like you don't, you don't, you you don't want your parent to be like, oh no, yeah, I like your sister. Like that's yeah, not. That would be horrible. <laughs> no, it's not a thing. But Carolyn does it, and she doesn't care because she knows well, she's very she self-aware. Because Carolyn doesn't think about how her words affect other people. No, no, there's no sense of empathy, and I think that's that's kind of what I saw in the this episode. It's different degrees of empathy shown by all the characters. You know, Villanelle is, you know, turning a leaf. She's becoming empathetic and talking to Eve and understanding her position and things. And Carolyn, she comes across as a different type of psychopath. Yeah, no, that's true. Yeah, no. I hate that scene. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, the the next scene is the, the betting shop scene. Yes. And I this wondered, is... <laughs> this is such a strange scene <laughs> it is it's eve being a terrible detective and spy but, and spy yet getting what she needed regardless it's like, it's like she just like stumbles through things but it just works out Tallulah shark shall we say <laughs> she comes into this betting shop with her betting slip not knowing what it means so she goes to the teller and she places a bet Mm-hmm. But it doesn't exist because it's Bruce, something with Bruce, basically. Yeah, Bruce. yeah, yeah, yeah. And the lady's like, I don't know what you're talking about. She try Eve tries to bribe her. It doesn't work. That was and so then, funny. <laughs> Dave, do you see what she's doing? She's trying to bribe me, Dave. And then, lo and behold, there's a picture frame with... A man named Bruce, of course. I mean, of course. This had to be easy for Eve. <laughs> uh, it is the owner. So she asks to see the owner. The teller calls the owner. It's easy as that. She just goes upstairs. She just waltzes right into his room with him in his foot spa. And the, the one thing that I got from this was his reaction to her because he clearly doesn't believe that she's someone who could be working with the Russians. He mm. sees this woman in her parka jacket wearing mm-hmm. comfortable shoes and he thinks there's no way she could be involved with these bad people. Well, he's, he says, a, a la- not a lady like you. And, and then she says, I'm not a nice lady. Yeah. It's very true. She's not. Um, but that whole sense of Eve always being underestimated. Well, is that saying a wolf in sheep's clothing? Yeah, yeah, which could easily describe Eve. Yeah. Um, but because they don't know what she's capable of. Let's not forget she murdered someone. Even if the show did. won't mention it, she and, killed someone. And she's forgotten about it. Oh, uh, yeah, she's not traumatised it but at all. No, she's not, stru- she's not struggling at all. That was, they've just, they've just pretended like it's never happened. Yeah. Um, There's a lot that they've forgotten that's happened. Even Villanelle don't talk about their kiss. No. It's just like, it's happened, it's in the background, whatever. Um, 
So this really stuck in my head and I don't know why, but why oh, did yes. they talk about the fern on the TV? And if you don't wrap it, it freezes to death. I was like, this seems so poignant. Why, why mention this? There has to be a reason. They don't add things for nothing. I didn't yeah. pick up on that. So you, you should have figured that out. Well, I've been thinking about it, thinking, you know, he talks about protecting these ferns during the winter and and I was wondering, is that what the next season is? It's like winter is coming. It's, to, oh, it's coming, to, coming to an end. And if these characters are not protected enough, if they're not wrapped in their support system or whatever, or in their protective gear, they will die. Potentially. It's almost, and it's almost like this next season, even Villanelle really need to keep together. Protect because if they are other. to... Se- they need to protect each other because if they were to separate, they will die. They will freeze to death. That makes sense because we have to remember this episode was co-written by the season three showrunner and the now season four showrunner. So mm. she has to know where she wants the season to go. So if something was put in there, it was put in there for a reason. You can only hope. Yeah. I was just that really stuck in my head that whole fern thing. I was like, the why? This big scene's happening, and you're going to talk about this documentary you're watching about ferns. Yeah, no, it uh, has to mean something. Yeah, so I wonder if it's that that it's of things to come. Potentially, mm. we'll see next year or two years, whenever it comes out. Yeah. Who knows? Thank you, COVID nineteen. Um, <laughs> so we're at bit of pill. This. This is one of the things that annoyed me. How could you have a whole season? Right, you're talking about these Haribo Tang Fastics. They're oh dropping goodness. it in left, right and centre. And then how do you realise towards... Like, how many months have gone past that you had a camera set up to try and find out who was stealing these sweets? And then all of a sudden you're just like, whoa, wait a minute. Maybe didn't- this might help. <laughs> And they didn't really tell anybody. Me. I thought that it was really so bothered me. dumb. I was like, why are you making this so convenient for people? Like, It was so contrived. It was unnecessary. I mean, it was necessary to move the plot forward, yes, but it was just, it really bothered me how it was just out of nowhere. They had their computers raided before yeah. as well, so how did they miss this? And how did he not think to check that in the first place if he had that computer running bare? Felt very lazy. It did. That bothered me. Yeah, it's like, oh, like we need to we need to move the story along. Like, fuck it, let's just say there's a camera in there. There's a camera in there, and it picked up Kenny stealing these sweets as well as oh wait a second, Constantine is there. The day he died. (gasps) Dun dun dun. Yeah. Yeah terrible i hated that i really didn't like that. i think i i remember actually turning like shouting at the tv are you serious <laughs> <laughs> it just was it read as being super lazy yeah it, it did that's how i a felt lazy way to put constantine in that space and then have him be the number one suspect speaking of constantine Mm. He makes his way to the betting shop where Eve is exiting with the, oh, we forgot to say she got into the locker 
yeah, were safe and, and it was a bag of something she didn't know mm-hmm. and Constantine happens to be there when she leaves. I like this Eve. I want to see more of this Eve, the playful mm-hmm. antagonistic Eve. It's very much, she's very much acting like Const- uh, Villanelle, but mm-hmm. it's the most personality that we see of Eve in a very oh, long definitely. time. And also we see Eve get excited. Yeah. Which I've never really seen. She's always trying to find something out or someone's trying to kill her or there's always such drama around her. But when she's this playful, because we saw a little bit of that with her, with Bill in season one. Mm. We saw her with, well, more with Bill. Season two, not so much. It was more Villanelle being that kind of playful person with Eve and Eve being the kind of like scared, timid type. Straight man when rolling mm. her eyes at silly Villanelle. But we need more fun Eve. Yeah. And I think now that Eve slowly has kind of shredded her past life and embracing this new life, I'm hoping we get to see a more interesting Eve. Oh, I hope so as well. Because she's taken such a back seat this season. It's yeah. ridiculous. And we know more about Villanelle than we do about Eve. Because it is, you know, the show is called Killing Eve. But I think we needed we needed Villanelle to develop and grow this season. But not at the expense of Eve. Well, that's the thing about their relationship. It's always at the expense of the other. It's not like they're going to be... The, compatibly you know work growing together i don't think i don't think their relationship allows for that kind of space then they're never truly equal no which is why the episode is called am i leading or are you because they'll never know i like that i like that um i also like that i mean the russian doll was a very obvious choice (laughs) of of thing it in my opinion, it signified all of the different organizations that Constantine was working for. There's so many that <laughs> he's working for, he doesn't even know anymore. Basically, he tells her that what's inside is a barcode that leads to another safe that has passports and money for him and his daughter and potentially Villanelle to mm-hmm. run away. Yeah, And he wants it back from Eve, but she won't give it to him because Villanelle gave her the best strict in, uh, like strict instructions and she's abiding by that <laughs> which is yeah. what leads us to villanelle going to bitter pill in her beautiful yellow dress it was a coat it was like an overcoat because she was wearing trousers oh was she okay. yeah i really loved this jacket and i was thinking could i pull this jacket off but no i think i just look like a weird doll I think it's because it's very wide. Yeah. And we're wide women. <laughs> <laughs> we have hips that don't lie, so it no. wouldn't it would just accentuate that. So it wouldn't it wouldn't suit us, but it suits the Oh my god, that colour though. But yeah, and that scene where she's walking into the office and that like she just blends into the concrete. Yeah. I loved I loved that so much. What did you think of this episode? I was expecting a bit more. Not episode, the scene. Scene, yeah. In what ways were you expecting more? I don't know, because the trailer, the promo for this episode, really highlighted the scene. Mm. I thought something really big was going to happen. 
I mean, I stopped expecting things from the show like midway the season, so I didn't expect much to be honest. I liked the interaction that she had with them. Mm-hmm. I liked how scared they were. I liked that they figured out who she was because she told them that that kill wasn't mine. That, was, <laughs> that, that wasn't me. Um, it again, it just seemed she like what was the point of her being there? And that like there was no real point. She no, could have been just, anywhere, but there was she, no, like she could have been just over the phone, and it could have been. It just felt like a way for her to interact with these people and to have. Well, like a it little was a off. way for her to validate Eve, really. That's what I felt. You know, they, they, because Eve talked about how she has this, you know, connection to Villanelle, and I don't know. They kind of almost don't take her that seriously about it. And I felt her going to the office and and scaring them was almost like, oh shit, Eve's in serious business. Mm. I wonder if it was like, I don't know. It's like that kind of, you know, when you're in a, like, you have these toxic relationships and the partner turns up at work to really assert their presence mm-hmm. in their partner's life. Like, yes, yeah. I, I am the partner. I am here. And that, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. But then their reaction to her was pretty, like, instant. Mm-hmm. She didn't really do anything quite. Uh, she 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 was just sat there. She ate the sweets. Mm. They I think they already knew the magnitude of what she was, but I guess maybe seeing it was a bit more of a validation. Yeah. And then there, when Bear sees her, he wonders out loud what she does with the penises, and <laughs> I I did love that scene where she goes up to them and she's like, "What did she say?" The the, she pickles the good ones That's and then the bad, the bad ones you don't want to know about the bad <laughs> ones <laughs> and then just her when she goes from that sort of sinister sinister soft voice she just goes oh this is fun guys <laughs> really loud and obnoxious oh, <laughs> I so love weird. it because it's like it's so disarming and it's like that to- that kind of speech really destabilizes you like oh shit okay yeah I can't read what you're going to do next. Yeah. Um, but I love how that in this whole season, the common thread is Tang Fast Oaks. Oh, yeah. I mean, Harry Bow's product placement is... Their sales must have gone through the roof. I mean, who knows? But I am a fan of the Tang Fast Oaks, to be fair. I am not so much. I just like no? the original Harry Bow. I don't like salad things. Oh, I love them. They're great. I wouldn't die for them, but they are great. <laughs> yeah, but that was uh, that was funny. I think it injected a lot of humour into this episode. Yeah. I mean, that's what Killing Eve does, to be fair. Like, that's one thing that they've kept throughout the seasons is they're, they're able to cut the, the tension with a bit of humour. Mm. Uh, and then the phone rings. Villanelle's yep. phone rings, and who is it? Constantine. Constantine. And uh, it's like, it's interesting because although it's such a serious thing that's happening, all I see are like these typical family interactions. Like, can you like tell your other half to like, give me what I need? (laughs) (laughs) And I love how smug Eve was at the edge. She was just like, 
she told you to to let me keep it, isn't it? She said to keep it to me, isn't it? <laughs> That's what I miss about Eve. Her being yeah. funny, being like a little shit. Yeah, just having a personality. That's what it is. She's lost so much of her personality. Fucking you know. So much. It's because she hasn't got any friends to no, bounce thing, off. She doesn't. She has no one to talk to. Um, so she I needs wonder friends. what's going to happen next season. Because if it's just her and Villanelle, I don't. I don't know. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to be interested in that so much. I, I, I mean, there is a, there, there is Carolyn. So it depends on what role Carolyn play, plays the mm-hmm. next season as well. To be fair, yeah, but I think. But- it just bums me that they killed off Kenny because he was the only one that Eve could really talk to about mm-hmm. everything. I know. And I loved Kenny. I really did. Poor Kenny. Rip, Kenny. Rip. Yes. And then we move on to this big showdown. Oh, yeah, because Constantine's other phone rings after he gets off the phone with Villanelle and it is Paul who tells him that he knows that Constantine took the money and that he has to go to his house so they could talk and then the camera pans out and there is a gun to mm. his head. Who is holding that gun? So after all this detective work, it, it was Constantine that took the money? Yes. God, I was so annoyed about that. I, like, I thought Paul already knew, to be fair, but yeah. clearly he did not. Um, I'm just expecting people to have some... Not an like a second agenda. Like there's an, an like an overarching agenda, and there's another agenda going underneath that. That's you know. I think what it is is we were expecting there to be this massive conspiracy. Mm-hmm. The reality is, it was just all under our nose the entire time. It was Constantine just being his sneaky self. I mean, it was the simplest answer, and we didn't yeah. want it to be the simplest answer no. because it took so many episodes to get there. So now it just mm-hmm. feels like a waste of time. Yeah, I, th- I felt like after all that, you know, there isn't another mole and it was just Constantine and it wasn't some big ruse. The next scene is Paul's house mm. where Eve and Constantine end up going to and we find out it's Carolyn who's holding the gun to Paul. Mm-hmm. So we see that it's Carolyn holding the gun. She's wondering why Eve is there. She asks she asks, why are you here? And Eve says she's helping Villanelle. <laughs> and of course. <laughs> Carolyn isn't really, she isn't really surprised. And then just as she's saying, oh, I'm surprised Villanelle isn't here. Who walks in? Villanelle. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like these two children watching their parents deal with this bad man being quiet. So <laughs> He's just if you watch their faces and their little interactions in the background, it's just like these two naughty children just like trying to That's keep it. quiet while mum and dad are talking. And it was just seeing Villanelle's face was like, oh shit, this is exciting. It's going down. I laughed so hard. <laughs> I mean, it was, yeah, whenever those two interact and it's not filled with like all of this tension, they're just funny together. Yeah. There's there's so many facets to their relationship. This is one of my favourite, where they're just silly. They had a bit of that in season two when they were working together. Mm. Um, But this was, it was cute. And a a very, a very sort of 
um, it sort of cut the tension a little bit because obviously what was happening with Carolyn yeah. and Paul and Constantine was very heavy. Yeah, like proper heavy. Because essentially what Carolyn figured out was that Paul works for the 12. This is mm -hmm. what she figured out. Paul works for the 12, who is working with Constantine, who now Carolyn knows that Constantine was the last person that Kenny saw before he died. But she wants to know what the involvement of the 12 was. Mm -hmm. And Constantine tells Carolyn that <laughs> his version is that Kenny was getting too close to the 12 and he was warning him because this is a conversation you need to have on a roof. Obviously. Of course, where else are you going to talk about it? And the only way to save Kenny would be if Kenny worked for the 12. And because mm. that freaks out Kenny so much, he obviously said no and was backing up away from Constantine because he was scared mm -hmm. and fell to his death, to which I say bullshit. Totally. I don't believe him at all. But what was interesting is that Villanelle, when she chimes in, because they ask, because Villanelle tells Constantine, you know, tell her, tell her. Mm. And then Vill uh, Eve is like, you killed Kenny, but Villanelle interestingly says, Constantine doesn't kill people, he gets other people to kill for him. He gets other people to do his dirty work. So does that mean that his words did the dirty work enough for Kenny to fall to his death, or was there someone else there? Someone was def Somebody else was on the roof, and I, I, I wonder if it's Villanelle. The way she said, tell them... Mm-hmm. It almost seemed like she knew what yeah. had happened. And I think I think she was there. Not in Spain. She was in Spain. Oh, true. A that, lot of that time. That blows that theory. But people can Unless fly. it was Rianne. Yeah, maybe Rianne. She was so undercover, no one saw her. Mm. I don't know. It just felt like such a loose end. It felt like an afterthought, really. Yeah. After the whole point of the season was to find out who killed Kenny. And then when they explained it, it was just, oh, he, he, he fell? He fell, yeah. And I, I don't want to accept that. I don't want to think that's how Kenny died. I want it to no. be... I want some form of retribution and someone to blame. We need a reason why he died. Yeah, because it seems so useless. It was really interesting to see Constantine scared mm. when she, when Carolyn tells him to get on his knees. She's about to kill him, and he's trembling. And there's a silence, and then he just yelps, "Villanelle, do something!" Oh my god, that was horrible. And then uh, Villanelle she's startled. She's startled. She doesn't know what to do. She doesn't do anything. He continues to call for her. And he somehow gets lucky mm -hmm. because Carolyn kills Paul, which again, another useless character who yeah. brought nothing the... to the story. <laughs> Just used as a pawn in this whole season. Just, I thought that was ridiculous. Unless, is Carolyn planning to torture Constantine because just killing him is not enough? Maybe, I hope so, because it felt like Paul was brought in to be this antagonistic character for... 
Carolyn, who was there to rah her up, to be someone who would cause her problems, which she did for a little bit, but ultimately it didn't lead to anywhere. No, I didn't learn anything about the Twelve. Constantine manages to get out of it because Carolyn shoots Paul in the head mm-hmm. and then she tells Car- Carolyn tells Constantine to leave. He does. It's weird because I felt like there was a weird switch where he was scared and then all of a sudden when he got up and then he grabbed the the Russian dolls, he kind of went back to, oh, so to Villanelle, you're coming then? Like it almost mm. like switched back to normal as if he wasn't almost just shot in the head and then he went off i something interesting happened in this whole exchange because you know when constantine's on his knees and he's clearly just saying anything to get out of the situation um and he says that he loves carolyn oh yeah and then there's villanelle like what the fuck what you love each other it's almost like that child's like when did this happen i wasn't aware yeah um and I wonder in that moment, like, you know, that scene at the end when Constantine says, are you coming? And I felt that sweet, sweet revenge when she turns around and says, no, you're not family. Yeah. And I wonder if it kind of that was like the the last co- nail in the coffin when she when he was like so snively that he would even use things like, oh, but I, we love each other. I love yeah. you. And she was like, no, I don't like this guy. He showed his true his true self when he was mm. facing death. Um, he did that little thing as well, like he grabbed his thought of his heart when he when yeah. she said that. Like, oof, that was a was a low blow. Mm-hmm. But I'm glad she got to say that to him because that that's been used against her so many times by him. Yeah, the reason why he won't protect her, or the reason why he won't help her, is because she's not family and mm-hmm. she finally got to use that against him and does that mean that Villanelle has now found a new family with even carolyn oh i don't know about carolyn who knows but she's always around because she's always like, around it's almost like she's that just you know absent parent type <laughs> but they're all they're around they are that's true she is a constant mm um this was the return of cold carolyn Mm. where she got what she wanted she got the answers that she thinks she wanted and she's reverted back to business carolyn kind of like season two when she got what she wanted aaron peel was dead and she was so cold and so mean to eve Mm -hmm. she's like you know you're gonna come back with us to to london then and eve's just like no you used me and that's mm. almost the same thing that happened because Eve is pissed because Carolyn basically tells her to stop trying to go after the 12. There's mm-hmm. no point. Carolyn essentially says there's no point going after the 12. You won't be able to get anywhere near them. But Eve doesn't like that. And she, again, freaks out and runs away like she did because last season. We didn't get an answer, a real answer of who killed Kenny. Yeah, Because clearly no one believes what... Constantine just said no but I don't know Eve is now just carrying this torch of and I think that's her justification the reason she's done all of these things this season is because she had to find out what happened to Kenny and if that's not the point then why is she doing all of this she needed an end game and she hasn't gotten it but for some reason Carolyn is fine with that 
Because essentially, yeah, she says, you know, I know who killed Kenny. It was me. Like, it was her actions that led to Mm -hmm. Kenny dying. And she's some, I guess, for now, seems okay with having that be the answer. But Eve is not happy with that. She wants to know exactly what happened. Yeah. So she freaks out. She runs out. Villanelle stays for a bit until Carolyn tells her to go. (laughs) Aren't you going to trot her off? (laughs) Trot her off. Oh, and then she just was like, she just has this this phone call with some rando. She's like, oh yeah, suicide. Like she has so many connections. She's just like, yeah, five minutes. Yeah. yeah. And I was thinking, how the hell is she going to explain this? She knows people. In no, high in the places. sense, like, because we saw that scene in a few episodes before, when or just was it last season where Carolyn has to explain herself to a superior? Why and that was the beginning of this season. That's what I did. Right. Um, she's us to the bridge. Yes. We're on Tower Bridge. Eve has run off to it in her beautiful parka. Mm-hmm. She runs out of breath. She stops by the railings and Villanelle saddles up to her. And thus begins a very beautiful scene between the two of them. Oh, this is the most honest conversation between these two. I loved it so much. And it almost felt like a declaration of love. It was very soft. It was really soft. Um, you know, the, it was that completely being seen by the other, by admitting their monsters. And, you know, Villanelle says, I think my monster encourages your monster. And Eve says, I think I wanted it to. Mm-hmm. I love that. But my gosh, yeah, how self beautiful how how self-aware are they oh so self-aware and it's a complete 180 from the last conversation they had in the last season where it was villanelle professing her love and her ownership of eve Mm. and and it being more about 
Villanelle wanting to own Eve mm -hmm. and you know the your mine was what she literally shouted at her uh -huh. and, Vill and Eve telling Villanelle that she doesn't know what love is and how that has sort of completely turned on its head now and they're both yeah. admitting that at the end of the day they're the only two that matter right now yep because on, on it, a bridge <laughs> on, a, on a bridge um because it starts with eve talking again about how her life what her life used to be how she sort of turns to the people walking around the bridge and she's like i used to this used to be my life mm -hmm. i used to, you know i had a husband i had a house i had a chicken and and Villanelle again sort of calls her out on it and she says, is, but is that what you wanted? Because she said mm. that in the, the dance scene as well, is, is that what you want? Mm. And Villanelle, and Eve doesn't say anything because clearly it's not what she wants. It's what she's supposed to want, mm -hmm. but it's not what she desires. And that no. sort of brings them into Villanelle talking about, you know, did I ruin your life? Do you think I'm a monster? And then leading into the whole conversation about their monsters encouraging, that Villanelle's monster encouraging hers. And I just had a thought that this whole pivotal scene is on a bridge. And what are bridges, essentially? They're, tran they're transitional places. And is that what this season was? It was a transformational and tran it's a transition of these characters. Because what we see is, you know, the... The main thing we saw is Villanelle change and grow in this season. She is, like you said, it's a full 180 to how it ended last season. And is that what this was? This was about Villanelle changing and Villanelle being different. Because what she did in this scene, she would not have done before, which was trying to let Eve go. Oh, yeah. Also, bridges connect. Yeah. This this bridge connects, so it's, it's almost like they're it kind of becomes more of a visual thing at the end when they try to walk mm -hmm. away from each other but essentially they're meeting in the middle for the first mm -hmm. time in like ever essentially because yeah. they're on the same page there there's no and shouting chose it yes they both settled there they're, yeah. they're both comfortable there and um this whole idea of you know i think this is like a true testament of villanelle's love for Eve by letting go which is kind of circles back to the music in the f in the beginning of Marla's 10th which was about letting go and going back to your you know going back to the earth going back to your initial resting place um I had that random thought and I wrote it down like oh is that this episode has come full circle it's about letting like letting go of the things that you love and hoping that they come back to you anyway that makes sense as well because that Marla's tenth was unfinished and clearly they're still unfinished because mm. we're jumping a bit to the end where they turn around but it clearly they're not finished they're, no there's no. still more to tell um but we also forgot the part where they both think that they've killed Dasha yeah. and <laughs> They're both kind of arguing. It's like, no, I killed Dasha. Like, I, I hit her with a golf club, and Eve's like, I, I what did crushed she say? I, I crushed her with my foot. <laughs> and just like they would both find that romantic. The only two people in the world that would find that 
romantic would be the two of them. And that's the mm -hmm. second time that Eve has referred to the two of them as a combined entity. Mm. She's 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 gone from rejecting the idea of the two of them being anything to mm -hmm. twice now admitting that she sees her future and in her future is Villanelle. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's Eve is finally accepting who she is and what she wants, not what's expected of her. And yet she still is asking for it to stop. Why is she still clinging on to the idea of what normal is? Well, I mean, think about it from her point of view. She's lived a very normal, kind of mundane life up until this point. And in her, like, I don't know how old she's supposed to be, but in all her life, like, she's lived a certain way and she was expected to do certain things. And now it's totally, totally different and not what she ever expected. So naturally, you would think, oh, shit, is this how my life is going to look from now on? Should I want to go back to what it was? You know, it's too, it's too unknown what, of what the future lies. Whereas when she went with, with her life before meeting Villanelle, she knew what to expect from life. She knew how that was going to play out. You can't see how life's going to play out this way. No, but she still, she still sees it with Villanelle in there. Mm. No, no, no matter how unknown, the only one known I guess is Villanelle. Mm -hmm. That's her that, constant right now. That's it, yeah. And that song, that last song was beautiful. It was very literal yep. of what I guess they want maybe potentially to, to have their future be. You know, what's it? Tell me that you'll kiss me forever or that mm -hmm. you love me. But no, that whole scene, like, Again, it's it like you said. It's them seeing each other. It's when when Villanelle asks, "Am I a monster?" and Eve says, "You're so many things." Like this mm. is the first time that Villanelle has been seen by someone that she cares about, and they're not seeing her as just this killing machine. She's, you know, she says, "You're you're you're so many things." She doesn't specify, but she doesn't just say, "Yeah, you're a you're." fucking murderer bitch she doesn't <laughs> she doesn't say anything like that no but she's more than that she is she knows that she's more than that as well yeah she is um she is a she is a person and i think there must there must be there has to be consequences to continuously killing where you end up killing the best parts of yourself and which left her, you know, as a psychopath, she would have felt empty anyway, but it would have really exacerbated that. That constant killing of other people definitely must kill off parts of yourself. Yeah. And this almost, this season was like her reawakening to her vulnerable sides, to her, you know, honest side and wanting to connect. You know, it felt like, a, yeah, a different villanelle at the end of this season. Well, yeah, because she... Take, she's the one who takes the step she takes the lead and mm -hmm. she decides okay I love you enough to help this to, to to help you stop feeling this way I'm gonna let you go so she 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 tells her to stand and look at her oh man it was just so sad when she she it's almost like she looks at her and she's 
Villanelle's like she's looking at her for the last time. She mm-hmm. sort of breathes it in, and then there's the bit when they're back to back, and she just is so small, but she just leans on just, her, just tilts her head back. Just like, oh god, it's so small and it's so minute, and like just them closing their eyes and just feeling each other. Mm-hmm. Oh, that was such a nice moment. And that particular scene, do you know when they're walking away and then they turn to each other? Um, I had this whole imagery in my head when I was watching the second time round. It's almost like a moth to a flame. Mm-hmm. And, but in that moment, who's the moth and who's the flame? Yeah, because you could look at it a few ways because Villanelle stops first. Mm-hmm. But then Eve's the one who turns around first. Yeah. But then I noticed as well when they turn around, they're both, they're not fully facing each other. They're side looking at each other. Mm-hmm, right. So then they're not completely committing yeah. to, I guess, acknowledging that they need each other because they obviously do, but they are acknowledging it. So yeah. I'm curious as to what the season four premiere will look like, whether that t- them turning around was just them look at each other for the last time and then they go their separate ways or mm. if they ended up turning fully around and something goes from there but when I first watched that part or maybe the second time I watched it it reminded me of you know that performance artist Maria Abramovich yeah so she had a what would you call it a, a one of her performance arts mm-hmm. back in the day her ex-boyfriend was that they would be on one side of the great wall of china i think it's called the lovers and at this point they've been together for years and what the point was that they would be on each end of the great wall of china and they would walk and they would meet in the middle to sort of signify their love Mm. but during the walk they realized that they shouldn't be together and when they finally met that would be the last time that they see each other and then they would turn oh and my walk gosh. away. And that they hadn't seen each other for years and it wasn't until, you know, that performance art that she did at the Met or the MoMA. Yeah, and all these people come to visit her and then she, and she just she just looks at them. That's the first time I think she sees him. And I don't know if you've seen it, but oh my God, just it's so no, charged. That, oh, that, that I mean, as soon as he sits down, it's like her whole body vibrates. And it's ridiculous but that it reminded me of of that this the, the idea of like these two people making the decision to walk away from each other mm-hmm. on, on on the great world china it's a lot bigger than the tower bridge but that that's what that reminded me of the two of I them i wonder if they use that as inspiration who knows could be reading too much into it but that was the image that i got was like yeah i had a wicked thought in the sense that, you know, Villanelle stopped, yeah. but Eve was the first person to turn. Yeah. And I had this horrible thought that at the end of the day, Villanelle is a psychopath and she is a master manipulator. And whether she knew, regardless of letting go or not letting go, Eve will always come back, which is why she stopped, because she knew Eve was going to turn. I will say this, when she, when Villanelle turned around, she did have a little bit of a smug face. She did. She really did. And I wondered, she played Eve in this moment, surely. They... It wouldn't surprise me, because they've been manipulating each other so much. I mean, it would be true to form if she it did. It would. I would hope that she's 
with all of the growing that she's done, that it wasn't her intention, but maybe, you know, I think we're what is that saying? Old, old habits die hard. But we're also really romanticizing this. At the end of the day, she is a psychopath. True. You but know. It, it, they, they made a decision to have us empathize with her so much this season and watch her grow that you would hope that she wouldn't revert so quickly back to her old ways. I mean, does it, does it, is it really reverting? Or is this another aspect of her personality? This newfound vulnerability and empathy is going to be coupled with this manipulation and psychopathy. I guess because she's not completely changed who she is. No. It's just we're seeing more layers of her. So potentially. And I, want, I, I just wondered if that played into it that, you know, because she did look very smug when she turned she around. Very, very smug. And like, yeah, thinking, was Villanelle really letting go? Or is this a, like um, a test of loyalty? I will let you go, but I need to see if you actually come back. I guess we'd only, we would only know if Eve didn't turn around, how, how she would have reacted if she didn't turn around, then we'd know. Yeah. But yeah. This, this is the, I guess, the most low-key season finale of the the all three because the last two were very they mm. all the finales seem to mirror each other where it always ends with the two of them having some sort of confrontation mm-hmm. but this confrontation was a lot different a lot more subtle a lot more well it wasn't a confrontation more of a it was a meeting definitely a meeting in the middle and the meeting of minds one thing that i gathered from this season or what I took from it is that basically no matter what happens in terms of the plot or whatever happens in the background with all of these new characters at the end of the day it will always end up with the two of them because what we learned at the end of this episode was how useless all of the other new season three characters were they didn't really add anything they were kind of just background noise well it they were fillers like some of the episodes in the season were fillers it felt very filly it did didn't it? it did and I, that's what i was worried about that this whole season would be a, a filler season i guess we'd only know for sure when we see what season four is about mm, but yeah that was a great ending it was i loved it. it was it was a great song very telling mm-hmm when I was watching it and watching them walk away, I was like in my head, they're going to turn around, right? They have to, they're going to turn around. They can't end like this. I was like looking at the time. I was like, oh my God, there's like only a minute left. They have to turn around. (laughs) Turn around. God, this is how we're, how much we're invested in these two. So invested. I'm glad they turn around though. But it, it felt almost like a series finale. Like if the series ended like that, Mm -hmm. I kind of wouldn't mind. No, it made sense. Because it's like there's a there's there's so much opportunity then, but you could figure it out yourself, like how they end up almost. Yeah, but it'll be interesting to see how they play out the next season. Oh yeah, because right now they're on level playing fields right now, aren't they? Mm. They both sort of put it out there without actually saying it. Like they've both admitted that, you know, Eve has pretty much said her future is villanelle Mm -hmm. whatever whatever that means in her eyes 
and we all know how Villanelle feels about Eve. Mm-hmm. So even though they've not really verbalized what it is they mean to each other, they mean something. It's, it's deeper than all of their other relationships. Definitely. And, and they can't let each other go, no, no. matter what. No matter how much they hurt each other, no matter how much other people hurt them mm. and manipulate them to hurt each other, at the it's, end of the day, it always ends up with just being the two of them, doesn't it? Because they're family. They're all each other has. Mm, they are. And oh, that's what we allow. We allow so much from family. That's the only people we really allow that kind of stuff to cross boundaries. <laughs> But no, yeah, I mean, they're, they're not blood family, but they are choosing each other, essentially. Mm. You know, friends of the family you choose. That's it. And all that jazz, although I don't think they're friends. Well, Who knows what I like they that don't we don't know. No. I like that there's no label. No. I think the only person who's really labelled it is Villanelle because she, th- she thinks it's love. Mm-hmm. Which it, it, I think it is for her. It is love. We just... We don't need to categorize what kind of love it is love yeah but yes so that was our that was our thoughts on am i leading or are you uh i am <laughs> we will never know we'll never know well i hope you guys enjoyed that all that waffle they've been dancing around each other for like the past two seasons and now they're finally dancing together which i thought was very significant you know wow in hindsight very good episode i enjoyed it if i were to rank season one finale season two finale season three finale i'd still do one two three but you know Mm -hmm. it wasn't a bad episode it was just different isn't it It was different Uh, yeah it was different and because the show is different now yeah Uh, because I was very close to giving up on Killing Eve this season. Like, it was really bad. Yeah. I think this episode really saved it. Now I'm excited for the next season. So am I, to be fair. So am I. Because I have no idea what they're going to do. No. But it's the last one, isn't it? I don't think that's been announced, but I think it should be. Yeah. This. Where else are you going to go with this? Yeah. And I think as well, I don't want to say this, but I feel like Jodie Comer is kind of not outgrowing it but she's her career now is sort of mm-hmm. i think yeah. she might want the time to do films and not be yeah. sort of caught doing killing you for six months out of the year so i feel yeah. like she may be the one to be like you know what i mean it, it feels like it's ending next season yeah i yeah i don't know where they i don't know where else they can go no I mean, if they start going on adventures together, I'm going to get really annoyed. Yeah, they might surprise us, but... But I don't want to see that. I don't know what I want to see at this point. I want Eve to have friends. (laughs) We just want her to have a a full-rounded life. (laughs) I do. I just, I want her to have friends again. Mm. We want Eve to be interesting and funny. I want Eve to have, like, a personality again, yeah. So maybe in in essence, this season really did kill off Eve, and we're seeing a new alive new, Eve. New Eve. We'll yeah. see. So that was the series finale of Killing Eve, series three. One month after it aired, <laughs> um, but we got there in the end. 
Um, who knows what we'll talk about next, but it will be wonderful. <laughs> we'll let you guys know. Thanks for listening. And we hope to see you later. Bye, guys.